Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Former NFL quarterback, host on Sports Talk 790 in Houston, the great Sean Salisbury, our hump day at 3 o'clock guest, joins us now on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Welcome to the show, bud. Hey, good to be on with you guys, man. Thank you. Well, it's always great to have you on. You bring such a great perspective. But this week, I think it's even more interesting because Kevin Stefanski had a press conference where he said nothing. And we've had questions about should he give up play calling. We've had questions, you know, people, uh, that locker room, maybe questioned his ability as a leader or a disciplinarian. When it comes to a young coach growing, do you think three years in, do you think that Kevin Stefanski can truly grow out of leadership or discipline issues? Um, I, you know, I've, I've tried to figure out, and, guy, and I've listened to your introduction, and thank you. I, I do. I read dozens and dozens of books on that very subject, on leadership, DNA, is it ingrained, can you learn it, all those things. And, and I don't know, you know, for Kevin, not knowing the personality, being around him on a regular basis, I know this. If you don't grab people immediately or make an instant impact, whatever instant is, whether it's the first week, the first year, and grab them, it's so much tougher. It's like better to repair, better to prepare and prevent than to repair and repent, meaning that if you can grab them early, then the leadership, it's hard to lose unless you do something really stupid. But if you've been in there in three years and you're not sure the building buys in, Part of them are in, some of them aren't. Is he a leader, isn't he? And I think it's really tough to convince a building that if you didn't, it's like that second time, you know, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. Now, for some, it can. But a lot of times, it's usually in another place. So the personality of what goes on and what the believability, and I don't know with 53 guys, and to me, it's not just the players, it's the entire building. When you go into a building... And I think it's the number one trait, a new coach or a veteran coach, when you get a guy in the building, he has got to impact you leadership-wise immediately. I am a big believer in you manage tasks, tasks like 
paperwork and hire good people around and, and what kind of coffee goes in the building and, and who's doing what when it comes to assignments. Two things that stick out, leaders, you've got to lead people and you've got to make sure that that maximizes the building and the process and then define roles. And if those aren't defined yet and you're still scrambling around, whether it's in Cleveland or here in Houston, then I, then I think it is a tough get back. I do. Can you? I'm sure it is. But I think that's more the outlier than the than the the okay uh, than than the regular the norm. And you guys had mentioned you didn't say anything. Wouldn't it be nice whether it's Kevin or Nick Casario here or somewhere, whatever city, and we all complain about it? Wouldn't it be nice? Somebody asked me about Jim Harbaugh. Well, would he leave and go? And when he addresses or a college coach, can you never? Can you stop telling us you're not interested? I'm not just talking about Jim. Anybody. And then go be interested and then tell us you haven't been contacted, but you really have been contacted. When in the hell, whether it's here, there, anywhere, and I'm not necessarily referring to Kevin. I'm referring to that position and those people that are supposed to lead. When are you going to sit in a room and just be honest with us? Tell us when you're going to leave a program. Tell recruits that you're not leaving and actually stay. Tell them, yes, you're interested in another job. You are interviewing, and we'll see. Please just stop urinating in our face and telling us it's raining. And it's the same thing here. I listened to Nick Casario sit up here and talk the other day to GM. Well, you know, if the head coach comes in here and doesn't like me, I'll step aside. That's not what I want to hear when I'm trying to find a new head coach to lead us to a championship. And if you're there and you're not telling me anything, I don't mean you have to give me all the insight, your secrets of the organization. But can you please, please just be transparent? Like in anything, when we make a mistake in life and admit it, people rally around you. When you do good things and, and spread the worth and tell everybody how much they mean, it, it, it's, it becomes contagious. So whether it's Kevin or here or in Arizona or anywhere else, I'm begging for a guy to look and say, listen, we sucked. We're going to get better. We're going to hire this coach. We're looking for leaders. We're looking for guys that maximize the room, and I've got to do a better job. And if I don't, they should fire me. Or if I do better, they should extend me. Whatever. Just honesty. And I think it's so hard to find because then we find out something else. So, yes, you've got to be a leader first and grab the room. Can you grab it if, it, if the perception or in reality in three years you kind of have? I think it's a tough task. Better to grab it early than late. I can guarantee you that. Sean, how important is it to have, have the players that are leaders in terms of the guys you know that are going to – stand up in front of the room. They're going to do all the right things. They're go- going to bring guys along. You know, I, I listen, I, Stefanski came into this situation three years ago, and it was a really young roster, really talented roster. Yep. But we haven't seen any guys develop into leaders. The Browns haven't made really any concerted effort to go out and get any dogs, so to speak, to come on this, certainly on this defense is where you need them. Um, that that to me is one of the, the most alarming things is that I feel like they they get good players, but they lack like the human element of things like, hey, man, I listened to Kirby Smart's speech the other night and I wanted to run through that wall. I, Dustin, I, I'm so glad you said that. He's my exa- the newest example. I'll be honest with you. Dan Campbell told us what he was going to do and look what he's doing. He's taken a lesser roster, hired the right coaches, and, he, and he, he went at it, and people laughed at his press conference. Some needs need it. There's a lot of buildings that need an alpha. I can damn well tell you. And I don't need an alpha that yells and screams, but an alpha male who controls the damn building in a respectful way, works side by side. 
is, is conversational, knows when to be tough and kick you in your ass, and knows when to be gentle, put his arm around you. You can't treat everybody the same. Some need both, right? And with Kirby Smart, I, I said the same thing, and I'm watching the other night, and, you know, you're hoping TCU plays well. When he stood on the sidelines, and I think it was with Holly Rowe, and he said, we, we, we're, we're here. We're, we're here to hunt. Yeah, and then he said, we're going to hunt. We are here to hunt right then and there. You know what it told me? The last week of practice after the Ohio State game, he dressed their ass down six ways to Sunday. It wasn't a matter of, I'd like you guys to play better, or here's the accountability. It was, here's exactly what you're going to do, and here's how we're going to do it. And we're not, it's not like, let's go play our best, and don't be, it's, we're going to go kick their ass, and this is the way you're playing. I don't know if you heard the other sound that nobody heard that wasn't supposed to be heard in the locker room before he left, the sound that wasn't played because there was a lot of F-bumps. That'll get you fired up even more. Yeah, that's what that's I was talking about. You need, yeah, you don't need a guy. You know, you don't need a guy to always – he doesn't have to be the loudest. And getting to the players, Dustin, it's a great point. Leadership, it's not heap of – you know, players will heap upon you, but you know when a guy walks in the room. I've been on teams. The guy didn't have to say two words. When he walked in, it felt different, whether it was a coach or a player, assistant coach, a running back, a quarterback. I don't really care, honestly – uh, I don't. I don't really care who it was. You know, when a guy walks in the room, a player, and Dustin, you mentioned having dogs, and every team has a guy who's who's you know who can talk it but walks it, and we also know who the fake leaders are. Oh yeah, and who the force leaders are, and then every team has those guys. And when you walk in, you do need them. And I don't care if they're a second year guy. I don't really care. Look what Kittle did when he went to San Francisco as a rookie. Somehow, and sometimes they want to heap it upon middle linebacker. Uh, quarterback, and sometimes they're not ready for it. But absolutely, the room has to buy in, not only to the coach, and then the coach has to have his guys that he knows. And I can remember playing on team when Denny Green was there. Denny really didn't have to say much in Minnesota because you looked around, they policed it. He was just overseeing it. And they he set the rules, and he said, here's the standards. If you didn't live up to them, somebody else will. And I don't know. For me, when I'm sitting across interviewing, if I'm a general manager to get a coach or an owner to get a general manager to get a coach, when I look them in the eye, I'm, I'm going to get a pretty good idea quickly if it's fake sell or real sell. And then with a the player, I some guys you just know. I can look at players in college and say, this guy's different. You, it just feels different. And whether it's – now, there's a lot of talkers who can't perform. If you get the guy who can perform and lead. But it's all – the best teams I've ever been on – the guys who were the leaders went out there and did everything of walk-on in college or an undrafted free agent was trying to do to make a team, yet he was the highest-paid guy or our best player. That was usually the case. And you know what we all did? I got to do what Steve Largent does. Hell, I'm doing what Warren Moon does because that's success. And, it just, and then they performed the way they practiced. And I do believe that's a big part. I think we've allowed that to slack in a lot of places. You kind of go through the motions and think there's very few teams I've ever been around or on that could show up, go through the motions during the work week, and just kind of and then try to turn it on. Talent matters, but talent's going to get you so far, and you better have the next level of something. Whatever that something is that we call leadership, it, you better have it. And I don't believe it starts at the bottom. I believe it starts at the top, and I also believe – that your weakest link better not be weak. You better have some kind of strength with him or you're not going very far. 
Sean, the Washington game, actually the Steelers game, I should say, started out with uh, Deshaun Watson looking like an MVP type candidate. The second half saw uh, his protection fall apart and he fell apart with multiple turnovers. And we got another game here that was a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. When it comes to, though, the Browns approach with Deshaun, from what you've seen, schematically speaking, did the Browns put Deshaun Watson in the best position to succeed over the last six games? Probably not. I mean, in watching the games and schematically and not being in the room when they're talking and what he wants. I've seen, I mean, I obviously watched him at Clemson and watched every snap he took here and trying to figure out, okay, what's the next level? What's the scheme? I believe in this moving forward. Now, okay, we can build in the excuse Deshaun's been out of football for a while. I was actually a little surprised as it went on that I didn't see more consistency from him and the offense just the last month and a half of the season. But I do believe you're going to see better football regardless of who's on the roster. He's a better player than at times. But like all guys trying to feel their way and get involved in a system and rhythm with the play calling, I'm a big believer that great coaching staffs do not adapt, do not make 53 or 80 guys or 85 guys in college adapt to exactly what they want to do. For instance, I watched Munkin at, at Georgia. I think he's an underrated offensive coordinator. You watch if a team's physical, he'll, he knows how to finesse you to death and dial that up. If the team is finesse, he knows how to dial it up physically. He knows how to pass to set up the run. I'm a big believer in if I take over a job and this is the talent I got, I'm adapting to them. That doesn't mean all the player empowerment, they get to call the place, but I'm not going to pick a square peg in a round hole or have Tom Brady, if I'm in Tampa, run the RPO. The same thing here. So as they start to feel out with Deshaun, where he's comfortable, and then the talent around him, it's not just the quarterback, offensive line, how you're going to slide protection, which gives them the best chance to succeed. I think this was kind of an appetizer process trying to figure that out. Now it's the next level where they go and, we're going to expect big things from him. I know you guys are in Cleveland. It's a lot of money and a lot of resources and, and assets they gave up. So, no, it could have been a lot better. And I'm so tired of saying that about Cleveland, and I know you guys are too, and I know the fans are. Well, it could have been a better tackling team. Well, it could have been better offense. Well, the head coach has got to get more out of them. When? It's time, and it's overdue. Some of the excuses that we all make in our own cities, and we all do, I'm still shocked that Cleveland Browns were still talking about this and I've been on with you guys just for five or six years, whatever it's been. So I'm waiting for it to get better. You'll see better from him. But a great coach, a great defensive coordinator, does not play, you know, you can't play physical defense if you got semi-finesse players, even though you want to. So you've got to make the coaching staff, 12 or 15 of those guys, look at their skill set and say, let's adapt to them until we get the guys we want in the building or that kind of skill set. And that's why coaches in college always tell you, well, give me two or three years to get my guys and build it the way I want to. There's no difference in the NFL. They're just heaps more upon you because the general manager is doing it for you. The athletic director in college doesn't recruit your players. So it's going to take a minute, but how many more minutes are we going to keep saying this for a talented football team that, quite frankly, and I hate to say it, has highly underachieved over the last few years? they got to be better. Sean, about 60 seconds. Isn't it concerning uh, – sorry – should we be concerned that Deshaun Watson's played in the NFL for four years, has succeeded in a specific style of offense, and the Browns spent six weeks effectively, schematically, um, experimenting? 
yeah, I would be concerned. And I, I don't know if they called it a wash because we're going to find out. That's done during training camp. That's done on the practice field. But you're also knowing that we got to play. We have to show up. Jacoby's here. We can't wait for Deshaun until then. We got a team to. We got to run a team out there until Deshaun's ready. Yeah, here's. And I don't know if they did it. I simply would have watched every Texans play that Deshaun Watson ran in their scheme. Not that I'd do all of that, but I would have added some of the things. And I don't think it's. I don't think it's a bad thing to find out. I've been with Coach Tom Moore, who is one of the all-time legendary ones still in Tampa. And Tom, if you didn't like it. Tom Moore never ran it. If you were, if, if, if he'd never ran it, if you told him and he felt great about it, you said, I don't like it, he wouldn't call it. And so I think you got to get to a point where there's constant conversation, but you got to build around the players, not just the quarterback, because if it's only the quarterback and it's not built around a team, it's going to be difficult. Sean, you're a rock star, buddy. We appreciate the hell out of you. Great stuff today, man. Thank you so much. Honored. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate you. Thanks, buddy. To me, it's, it seems more like communication. It seems more like um, going out and really knowing what his locker room is thinking and feeling. And like Aditi this morning mentioned, well, he's got a locker room or he's got a, a second office right outside the locker room. And I've heard coaches do that before, right? So, that, okay, that's a good step. Now, why didn't it work would be my next question. You know what I mean? Like, all right, you've tried to grow. Okay, well, well, then why hasn't there been a tangible difference either on the field or in the locker room? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm glad he wants to be involved with a lot of things, certainly the offense, but just because you've got a locker room there doesn't necessarily mean, like, a, you, I could give you a locker room <laughs> or an office next to the locker room. Like, it's just... I would, do a, I would do a tremendous job. Would you? Yeah. I'd be up in everybody's bleep. <laughs> Not in a bad way. But I just, I just, it's just talking. It's the same thing around the office. Like, it's just basic communication skills. It's just it's check on your people, right? Like, you, I think Keith is one of the best at checking with his people. And I don't mean like as a man, I mean like just as like, he just talks to a lot of people. Like, one of the reasons why this show is able to get a lot of great guests is because that dude has talk- a great personality and can. Well, let's not go too far, but he's really good at communicating. <laughs> well, either way, I mean, it's somebody that's trustworthy that you, 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 you want to be around, yeah. you know? Um, but no, I, I, I don't have any, I don't have a good answer. I will also say his stuff on, uh, Deshaun at the end there. Mm-hmm. And, and at first I asked him, which is kind of more of a generic question. Did the Browns do enough? Did, did they help Deshaun get back? And he, in his answer kind of, admitted what I think we've all started to suspect, which is that the Browns viewed this as more of a, oh, let's figure out what he likes and what he doesn't like. And even in his answer, he's like, no, you do that in the preseason. And I I just, I can't for the life of me. And I don't mean you have to have copied um, Bill O'Brien's scheme, you know, word for word. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't think Bill O'Brien got the absolute best out of Deshaun Watson. And some of that's the talent they had. Some of that is, I think, Bill O'Brien is not a great head coach or play caller. But, like, the idea that we're sitting here, Dustin, on January 11th, Mm -hmm. and the Browns are like, we got to overhaul this offense, and we got to, you know, and and then there have been reports about spread concepts being need to be introduced. 
I, I don't know how we got here. I don't know how from from in terms of, of of utilization of Deshaun, how wasn't there better sense of urgency in terms of how you deploy him, in terms of how you um and how you use him? How did you not hit the ground running against Houston and be like, listen, we're gonna start with where he came from in Houston? Again, not the offense, but the kind of plays. Right, spread concepts, simple stuff. We're going to start there, and by the end of the year, we'll see where we can grow it into. How do you not start at the beginning with this guy in what he's been successful in, which has been a lot of spread concepts in the NFL? It's it's mind-numbing. Yeah, I mean, listen, some of it, I'm sure, is on um, Stefanski and for, for not putting him in those positions. But I also think, and this goes to what Ross said to us yesterday, I don't like what I've seen from Deshaun. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, what if Deshaun's not the same player that yeah, he was in Houston? But I would say the difference is you're not going to know that if they're not utilizing him properly. Right? Like, I, I'm totally cool. After those six games, I I'm I think I've seen enough to be somewhat concerned. Oh, I'm, I'm more than somewhat concerned. And I think more people are where you are than I am. But, like, there's a part of me, the, the biggest part of me is saying, and this is not, well, six games of rust. I'm, I, I'm, this is not offered up as an excuse of Deshaun. But there is a part of me that says, all right, you're a year removed from most of those distractions. The It'll actually be a quiet, a relatively quiet offseason for Deshaun. Yeah. He'll be able to actually – there's no ambiguity. As long as he's healthy, he's out there week one. I think there will be a tangible benefit from that. But I think we got into this yesterday. Sitting here right now, in the in the last six weeks of the season, I've had to worry about Kevin Stefanski's management, meaning his 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 leadership and discipline, which Sean went all the hell way off on. Um, I've had to worry about his game management, and now I've got to worry about how he utilized the two hundred thirty million dollar quarterback. Like right. the best thing, because you know the the whole thing about well, the the Browns chose the last six games. They knew the playoff odds were long, so they really just focused on Deshaun. If you really wanted the best out of Deshaun, if you really wanted Deshaun to lead you into the future, do you know what the best thing for Deshaun Watson is? Winning games, because when you win games, and that is your sole focus, everything secondary to winning the games. One, it takes the pressure off of him. Because you're finding, instead of saying, ah, let's just see what Deshaun has, you're saying, we're going to do everything we can to win. And also, it takes the concern. If the Browns were 6-0 and with Deshaun Watson, nobody would have given a single solitary damn what his TD-INT ratio was, what his QBR was. No. nine passes a game. And here's the other part. If you had focused on winning instead of, well, you know, the playoffs, sure, the playoffs might be a possibility. If, if you had focused on that above all else, which you have not done, if you had done that, you might be in the playoffs. And you know what else Deshaun Watson needs? Reps. And if you had been able to get him reps in a playoffs in a playoff atmosphere in the playoffs, mm-hmm. or if you had been able to win then. But but focusing on anything other than winning is about two things. It's about assuming you have time and the NFL you don't. Just point blank, you don't get time in the NFL. How many coaches, uh, Dustin, have you heard say things like, well, you know, we got a five-year plan here. Okay, you're going to see three of it. You're going to get 60. At best, you're going to get 60% of that time. And at some point in there, you have to show the ability to win. Right. 
and we just continue to get farther away from 2010, and the excuses are piling up. If if the final six games of the year were about getting Deshaun Watson up and ready to go, then you should have put him in the right position. We shouldn't be talking about adding an assistant coach who's who's had a focus on spread concepts. I just don't know how we scored 27 points a game with Brissett and we scored 16 with this guy. Oh, we were experimenting. We weren't uh, winning. Okay. By the way, the Nick Wilson experiments, not <laughs> Cleveland Browns. That's a bad joke. That's my bad. Uh, let's go with JJ. Welcome to the show, buddy. What you got? Hey, how y'all doing, fellas? Good afternoon. Doing well, thank you. Uh, I was just listening to the show, you know, as usual. I mean, I, I, I was thinking, I'd be thinking the same thing. Like we had Jacoby Brissett, and he, you know, he wasn't at the, he wasn't like at the top, but he was playing pretty good. The play calling at times it was a little suspect, but I feel like you know maybe when we hopefully when we got uh, what's name back as our quarterback, you know, I just feel like Stefanski was just maybe just trying new things just to see because some of the play, even with the, at the end of the Steelers game, like it was like three freaking screens in a row. You know, I, I feel like at the end, they was just ready to call it a season and get up out of here. You know, hopefully it's just me being a Browns fan, you know, hopefully, you know, we was just seeing what they wanted us to see and not really bringing out what exactly what we're going to see. I mean, he looked at Rusty, and then at times he didn't. You know, he threw two picks in that game. And they was horrible, but he was getting pressured. You know, we had a little some line issues. I just think they need to go and address the, the glaring issues, the defensive line, and get some receivers, and I think I think we'll be better off next year. You know, I, I don't think they wanted to go to the playoffs and get – handed to him by anybody because that is what was going to happen yeah if, that- wait, real quick on that now, thank you for the call there jj um if that was really their thinking and i i don't know that it is so it, it is it is probably far too much of a leap for me to say that that was their thinking but if their thought was i don't want to make the playoffs because we're just going to lose that is fire everybody i, I mean I, it's inexcusable i don't think it is but it's apparent that if the goal was to either make the playoffs or get Deshaun Watson to look like himself by the end of the season, mm-hmm. they did neither. Like, the bar was pretty low. Either you get to the playoffs, which is the bar for everybody, right? or the $230 million quarterback is put in the best possible position to be his best possible self by the end of this year. And neither happened. Two one six five seven eight double zero nine two, and I'll say this: I'm not concerned about the defense next year because you have an off season to fix it. Because a, a defensive coordinator, I think, will go a long way. Because you still have three really strong cornerbacks and Miles Garrett. I think that's a great place to start to to, to build the defense going yeah. forward. If Kevin Stefanski isn't going to even utilize Deshaun Watson properly, shut it down. Next year would be a wasted season. And uh, considering we're talking about uh, Deshaun Watson's struggles, we do have to talk about the insurance policy that could be next. It has not been the most fun week we've ever had on the show. It's not. We've not had a lot of fun so far this oh, week. Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, well, I just mean like th- like usually we like to sprinkle in a couple of fun topics and you know we've, we've had some, but the reality is... There's been a lot of finger-pointing the Browns and a lot of raging on Kevin Stefanski, Andrew Barry, and the Browns' leadership. The reality is, 
Like, we're going to get away from this week. And I, I, I just guarantee it, bud. By the time August rolls around, I don't think people are going to want to hear the truth about the Browns. I actually bet if you if you ask Browns fans right now, okay, that they'd prefer we just not talk about Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry and what's going on with the organization. Well, what do they want to hear? Browns talk that is fun. Browns talk that is positive. Oh, we'll just play back the uh, Aditi interview. That was, I mean, just play her answers because they were very pro Stefanski. Yeah, and I love Aditi, mm-hmm. but it was very pro Stefanski. I think this is the I think this is the off season. Listen, I think this is the off season that we what the the, the Browns signed up for with the way they've they've kind of a, a, attacked the end of the season into the off season here. I think the Browns suck the fun out of the Browns and not necessarily anybody in the media or any fans. And so to me, like I, I, you know what? That's actually where I think we should go. I think the Browns need something to re-energize the fans because I don't think it was just the end of the season. I don't think it was just uh, losing to the Steelers. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was just like I think it's everything, and I think it started with. And I don't mean to to blame this because it's not his fault um, that the Browns traded for him. But I think actually no, it's even before that. I think going all the way back to the Baker Wars of last offseason, uh, from the end of last season with the Baker Wars on to today. And the one move that would have, that would have, could have, and should have just completely re-energized Browns fans was the Deshaun move. Like, what other move could compare? Like, Amari Cooper, by the way, great acquisition. Amari was maybe the best acquisition, or sorry, the best trade when you go production versus value that Andrew Barry's made. But like that's not when when you trade for a fifth rounder for a veteran wide receiver, that's not a circle the wagons type move. Do you think the defensive coordinator job can be that? We'll see. Uh I was just reading Albert Breer's uh mailbag and by the way Albert will be on with us at 520. 520, yeah. Um he says the favorite is Brian Flores. Mhm. I think that would excite a lot of people. I saw some polls out there. I think Chops did a poll where it was like 80% of the fans want Brian Flores to be the DC. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you agree, though? Like, are there moves the Browns can make this offseason that would re-energize the fans? Because I think I, I am where Sean was. Like, I gave them this year to, like, let's get this thing back on track. Last year was a disappointment. I didn't like how you handled the Baker thing, even though I thought everybody would make that move. But, like, all right. Let's let's get this. Let's get some good vibes going. And there were points where they damn near pulled it off. Had they just beaten the Jets? Right. Had uh, even kind of going farther than just beating the Jets. Like uh, late in the season, the the Saints game. There were a lot of or or honestly, the Monday Night Football game. That could have been the thing that that tipped over and that momentum grew. To a yeah, huge I mean, second it, half. It, it could have been the catalyst, but it wasn't. You had a bye week the next week, and you came out and you bleeped the bed twice against the Dolphins and Bills. So, like, mostly the-, the Dolphins game was probably the most disappointing one because in that game, you're off a bye, you're on the road. I mean, Dolphins are a good team, but the way that they dismantled the Cleveland Browns and ran the football mm-hmm. at will was really disappointing. 
216-578-0092. I think you need a re-energizer. We went dark there. I mean, I mean this more, and I don't mean that literally, but I, what are the you things? You want to do some dark stuff? We want to do some real dark stuff? We can. Yeah. Uh, there's still time. We got a couple hours in the show. Oof. Oof. Oh, it's um, about to be dark outside. What moves, as a Browns fan, what moves, whether it's a hire, whether it's a, a free agent signing, um, trade, whatever, what what moves could the organization move, make right now? I said move twice there. What what moves could they make to re-energize you as a fan? Melissa, what move could the Browns make right now to re-energize you as a fan? Oh, to start next year. I do believe that this whole thing with uh, – I think there were more things on the line than just getting our quarterback. I think we were probably told we were only allowed to win so many games this year. I think there are things under the line that we do not know. Or his lawyer said, hey, you know what? If you win a lot of games and you look like a superstar, there's going to be women coming out of the woodwork asking for more money. There is a bottom line here that we just don't stuff. know. And I, under, I understand. It's, and it's none of our business, you know – I do believe there is an underlying thing that we made an agreement with somebody that when we got him, we were only going to win so many games. And I just, I cannot let go of this. I know a lot of people won't believe me, but I'll believe it to my dying day. Well, Thanks, guys, I am just a huge fan of you guys. Aww. What they could do, hey, you know what? It would be nice to see, you know, one of my favorite things to see about football players or baseball players or basketball players is seeing them in another Cleveland venue rooting for maybe like the Cavs. Mm-hmm. People like to see them other places than on TV during a game. And long little Cavs game. They gotta, they gotta get with the people and get them energized. I'll always be a Browns fan. You always have people like that. But there are some people that just, they, they just need that. They need to see them and and know that hey, I'm in Cleveland now. I'm rooting for the Cavs too and the Guardians. And I think that would cheer a lot of people up. Thanks Excellent so much, stuff, guys. Melissa. You're so kind. Thank you very much. Um. Slick Willie on Twitter saying uh, a trade that would really get me going is if the Browns were to trade for DeAndre Hopkins. I was thinking De- Deron Payne. And that, by the way, that's a spicy tuna that you would have to reel in there because he's going to get probably spicy. spicy 60, 70 million guaranteed. But if they sign, if they found a way to clear up the cap space, which shouldn't be that hard, but if they prioritize Deron Payne individually after what he did to the Browns' interior, uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I'd be fully torqued. It'd be hard. Like Brian Flores, I'm gonna be. I'll be like, okay, that's good. That's a good hire. That's a good move. That's the way you start your off season. But if you were to go from uh, Brian Flores and then stack on top of that, yeah. signing Deron Payne, oh, the the what's that? The hay would be out of the barn. I don't know. Dan Madigan used a. Uh, ism early like a countryism earlier and ever since then i've just been trying to find ways to work I think it's them the out. haze in the barn yeah but now it would be out i thought it was the tea uh, kettle or something no that was ass over tea kettle oh, that's, that's different but don't you want the hay in the barn unless you're laying it out for people to for the for people to eat for for the cows to eat right because then you yeah, but the it, hay's out of the barn at the end of the day the you want the done. hay in the barn so the work's done well, right. yeah, but then you got to take it out again to give to the cows, right? I grew up in Medina County. I should probably know this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? 
Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.